This is a Anything Goes podcast production. All right, all right, all right. You guys are back for another episode of The Journey of a Soul Sister. I am so excited today, you guys. You have no idea. I have been wanting this interview for quite some time. I really didn't have, like, the energy to even ask, or I was so nervous and scared. Like, I didn't think this person, to be honest, was even going to do it, right? Because he has so many followers, a huge following. He touches so many different lives. He does so many different things. He's like a jack of all trades. It's like, how are you going to notice me out of all people, right? And that's a problem. I know, I know, I know. We got to stop downing ourselves. When we speak it, we can have it. So I had to believe in it. I believe in the power of manifestation. So I knew I was like, you know what? I'm going to get him on my show. I'm going to get him on my show. I desire, he taught me that, I desire to have him on my show. So I want to go ahead, ladies and gentlemen, for those who are listening, those who will be watching, my teacher, my master teacher, the Baron. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? Thank All right. Thank you for that lovely introduction. You're welcome. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Let them know where they can find you. You my master teacher now. I won't do you any <laughs> justice. The way you do, the way you say your things, I don't have anything on that. Oh man. Uh well, as you know, I'm 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 really shy, believe it or not. I'm I'm arrogant, but I'm shy at the same time with introducing myself. So I had to write this down. So I'm gonna be looking at it. And I, I even try to wear the glasses to make sure I ain't like my eyes weren't doing this, but <laughs> I can take them off. <laughs> It's okay. All right. Uh, I, I I got my hands in a couple of things. Uh, my my other YouTube channel is uh, True Spook TV uh, on YouTube. You can uh, a premiere airs every Thursday at two p.m. Eastern time, and on that channel, I just talk about crazy metaphysical things that happened throughout my lifetime growing up as a kid to an adulthood it's still going on now i could walk out the door and probably see a dragon fly by and punch a raccoon i don't know but <laughs> I, if i see it i'll tell you guys in detail on that channel true spook tv uh second with my original channel uh with the information in the background uh, uh you have the baron and uh that's uh that's another youtube channel uh every monday wednesday and friday 8 30 p.m eastern time and uh just through the grace of God, uh, the clients that call me, they allow me to record them and air it. And that's where all my success come from. Uh, so that's what you guys will see. A lot of readings that I've actually done for people and they like, hey, I want to see it again in the future. So upload it. And that's 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. My website where you can get all my merch and various services I offer, uh, OurSoulMatters.com. Go there and check it out. That's the end. By the way, there's been a lot of scams out there with my name. Uh, that's the only way you can book a reading with me. Uh, so we'll leave it at that one. Uh, so last but not least, we have my Patreon channel. Uh, the Patreon channel is the same, The Baron. Uh, it can be, uh, damn, I keep saying the word. Uh, y'all, I'm nervous. I'm, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to speak about trade. I never did a podcast. So <laughs> it's you're, you're right. taking the cherry here. Uh, <laughs> so 
uh, my part, not podcast, Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to get into that. My Patreon channel, uh, do classes uh, the second Saturday of the month, uh, second Saturday of the month, 1 p.m. Eastern. I teach anything from ancestor praise, ancestor worship to how to do various magical spells, the, the right thing to do, the wrong thing to do. I break it down in details. I, I want you guys to be as specific as possible when you're doing this because being spiritual and magical is two different things. And mm -hmm. we can mess up. We can take some from the internet. We can take some from a book. And if you don't know the reason why you're doing these things, man, it can have devastating effect throughout your generation. So I like to teach to make sure that is 100%. You know what you're getting into. You know if you can do it. That Also, on that Patreon uh, channel, I give uh, one free tarot question every Tuesday for all of my Patreons. It don't matter the tier. You call in. You ask your one question. I read live. Sometimes I have music. Sometimes I'm jamming. Sometimes I'm just focused. Mm -hmm. And that's at 8.30 p.m. on the first Tuesday, the second Tuesday of every month. And that's that's about it until I get a podcast. <laughs> until when you do get your podcast. Oh, say it. Come on say now. It. You my teacher. Let's get this great. We don't say until. We don't use those type of words. When I, you I do you. get your podcast, it will be dropping. I will be a huge supporter. It's just that simple, okay? So Thank when you. you get it. Yeah, so once again, you guys, you can find him on YouTube. Let me explain to y'all my story. So I've been going through my journey, which I always share with everyone. No matter what, if you're listening, if you're new to this, you'll see. I was like, you know what, ancestors, teach me, show me somebody that I can trust that will make sense and that I connect with. I need somebody to guide me through this thing. I knew I wasn't a Christian anymore. I knew that other various religions just did not stick with me. And I've done a lot of research because I was searching. You know, when you're lost and you're trying to find your way, you're looking. And when you were brought up, and for most black people, they say you got to be a Christian or a Baptist or something like that because that was forced upon you. But I always got in trouble in church. Like, <laughs> I always questioned things that was written all the time. So I'm sitting in my house, I'm cleaning, I'm praying, I'm talking, and I talked to my ancestors just like they're regular people. I said, listen, y'all going to send me somebody I need to know because this is just getting out of control. So I just happened to go on YouTube and I'm about to like get some music going. And then this man thing pop up like the Baron. I was like, who is this? And then I clicked on it and then you started talking. And I think it was one of the ancestor prayers. So for those who are not used to his channel, every Monday morning at 9 a.m. These are not your original ancestor prayers that you may think. These are something bearing you a story that we all struggle with, that are spirits, that an energy that's been passed down through generation through generation. And it makes you identify and look at things in your life like, oh, my gosh, I've been struggling with this. I've been struggling with these, you know, the spirit like insecurities, right? That's something that was passed down, that was created. You actually pray your way out of it. And every Monday, I'm telling you, we have a live chat going on. Well, that's for anything that's on the show. It's amazing. You love the tribe. It's welcome into all. But just tune in and try it, you guys. And that really gets my Monday going. So I don't know if I ever told you that. But when I say I'm laughing, I'm at my desk 
working and I am listening. I am laughing, but at the same time, sometimes feel like I have to cry because it really does touch me. So thank you so much for doing that. You guys, please, please, please plug in. So I'm just... I, once again, I am honored. Like, I am so happy. Thank you so much for agreeing to doing this with me, honestly. And you have changed my life in a lot of ways, whether you know it or not. You are you were put on this earth to teach and awaken your people and to just guide us in a better direction. And I'm letting you know, if anybody else ain't tell you, you have. You have helped me understand. So I just want to give you flowers. But let me let y'all know, he a real nigga, y'all. <laughs> like... <laughs> Okay, uh, we said all this spiritual stuff. We said all of this, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. So if you thought he was going to get on there like, kumbaya, no. He a real nigga. He is from the ghetto. Let's let them know. Ghetto. From Florida, Orlando. All right, with his rancher. Oh, God, <laughs> damn rancher. His rancher style house. Things like that. He is from there. And you know how you think, like, you're ghetto- is different from other ghettos but when you start to hear other people's story you actually realize you actually share some of the same stories so a lot of things that you talk about in your life and your family and things like that is your grandma now i'm gonna be honest i'm a little envious i never got to meet neither one of my grandmothers they both were deceased before i was born and i happen to be named after both of them ain't that something oh so with that being said Explain a little bit about your grandma. Like, how did she shape your whole existence, your whole journey? All right. Uh, so uh, I'll give you guys a tragic backstory first. And this is how grandma came to play. My mom uh, had got on drugs uh, after she left my my dad. She got with my sister's father. She had got on drugs really bad. Crack cocaine was an epidemic. This is in 81, 82, 83. And she decided to get off drugs. But during that time, transitioning from drugs in the day with, without the proper help like we have today, it was cold turkey style energy. And only thing she had to run to was the church of Jesus Christ, Baptist at that. My grandmama, she was a very stringent woman when it came to religion, prayer, spirituality, metaphysics. She didn't like the church my mama was going to, let alone the preacher. So the preacher had us in his custody, had signed over, had my mom sign over her rights to her kids to him. And he was collecting the child support check, the social security check, and he would give her this. This is back in the day. So when it on my school record, when it came down, I did something or they called somebody, they called him, uh, Reverend Sam Smith. So my grandma didn't like that at all. And she was like, this man is garbage, trash, bullshit preacher i can curse a little bit because I, I curse oh yeah you're fine yeah you're fine trust okay. me i curse <laughs> you're okay <laughs> so my grandma didn't like that and he was gonna he was trying to adopt us from my mother from under my mother nose because she was a recovering addict and the church is all she had so grandma stepped in and did the paperwork proper and got my mother her, her kids back right then and there me being the youngest baby boy i'm that kid that's left out that that middle kid they ain't, ain't there ain't this just garbage of a person and my mom started abusing me so grandma stepped in grandma and my uncle sean stepped in and that's how i became under my grandma tutelage and she looked out for me 
That's amazing. That is freaking amazing to have that. So right then and there, you can say that even though your childhood was rough, because I'm not going to sugarcoat it, you still had a savior, you know, yeah. someone that was going to show you the light. So she stepped in. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's get the story rolling. She stepped in. She came into you and she said, I'm going to take you underneath my wing. What are three lessons that you learned from her that you still use today? Uh, the, 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 the first one I learned from grandma was the simple fact that there's nobody more important than me on the planet when it comes to me, my dreams, my goals. She said, baby, it is not being arrogant or it is not being too much of a human. If you think you are the king of the world, God of the universe, that no one can sit next to you, let alone stand up to you. She said, don't you ever let nobody put you down in the dirt. That's the first thing. And she used to refer to me as her. She said, they go my big, thick nigga. <laughs> I love that. I always been a bulky cat. So she like, they go my big, thick nigga. You the king of the world. You the god of the universe. Give, come here, let me feel on your muscle, grab your booty. She used to say <laughs> stuff. Just a little chubby kid, she would make me feel so. And I had to carry that for a kid that was abused all his life. You know, giving my mom, she gave me the two of her boyfriends when I was six years old. So y'all know what comes with that type of shit. Mm -hmm. So grandma was there. That's the first thing that I'm the best of the best of the goddamn best. Second thing she told me, research everything. She said, if somebody tell you they're going to give you $100, take the $100, hold it to the light. Figure out where it come from. Write down the numbers off. She say, scrutinize everything in your life. Anything come to you, scrutinize it. She say, if a person get upset because you checking them, then they got something to hide. Mm-hmm. And the last thing she said, a spirit can't hurt you. Only you can hurt you. And mm. those three things created the Baron. I love that. Shout out to granny. You know, grandma, listen. See, and those things like that, you still remember all of those lessons and you're a grown man now, a grown ass man at that, right? Oh, hey. <laughs> and still remember those things that shape you into who you are today. You spoke a little bit on, and if it's okay, if you don't want to talk about it, it's all right, you can say no. In my book, I talked about being abused and molested at a young age. And people don't understand how common that is. But you'll constantly hear that from women. But men don't really speak about it. So if you are comfortable about it, and I know you don't like the word victim and things like that, but would you like to speak on what happened to you? You said that your mother gave you to two of her boyfriends when you were six years old. Yeah, I I would love to speak on it because this is the type of narrative that men need to have, you know, and and when we get into if you want to talk about marriages exes it's a horrible story that plays along with this you know trusting somebody so i learned if i put it out there nobody can hurt me with it but uh the the answer your question uh i was six years old my nickname was uh geek uh matter of fact my childhood name was geek geek it's funny i know so it was like hey geek geek geeky monk keep in mind i was a fat kid Mm -hmm. uh my mom had started dating. She liked she liked the bisexual man at the time. It was unpopular back in the seventies and eighties, but she went with those type of guys, pretty boys, Prince, and all that stuff. Uh, before, 
And it's hard for my brothers and sister to even believe my mama did me like this. Although there was various forms of abuse going on with them before she would have sex with them. She would send me into the bathroom with them. I mean, this is some horrible shit. And my and I love my mama to death. She's a good, she died a God fearing Christian woman. But before that, she would send me in the bathroom with them. One of the guys was my baby sister's father would send me in the bathroom with them. They would make me suck their penises. You know, I'm a boy. I ain't know what the fuck I was doing, none of that shit. But afterwards, I would have to go back into the room with my mom and him and describe their penises to her. Then she would kick me out of the room and they would do their thing. I had to put that shit out of my head, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got no counseling for it until I turned 31 years old when I saw that it was and and I'm I'm graphic as fuck and I'm transparent as hell. It became the problem when I heard all of my friends at work, people I work with, oh my my wife sucked the shit out of my dick. And I'm like, oh, it's so cringy. Mm-hmm. So then I met a chick that, hey man, I like sucking dick. And I'm like, not mine. And it pissed mm-hmm. her off because it set her back, but that was trauma. I didn't tell her. So I, okay, try it. So to me, in this day and age, that part of sexuality, I I try to let a woman be, do that, that's what she want, but that's not a requirement because here it is so, it's like, uh, it's, it's like I'll be turning that woman into a filthy person. Mm, and, okay. and that's the count. But when I got through counseling, I can... I can work through it now, but still, that's still something that hurts me. And and you know how everybody hate pedos. Mm-hmm. I truly can't stand them. I understand. So that's that part of that. I first of all, I want to thank you for being open enough to even share that on this platform or even share that for men. And I feel like most men need to come forward and have these conversations so you guys can heal. Because the first step is accepting that it did happen to you because you know. And then the second is sharing and working through it and talking to other people. So given that, do you feel like that affected your sexuality at all? Meaning like, are you 100% into women or did it make you feel like you needed to be with a guy because there's so many things that happened. You were so young at six and that happened to you. Uh, I can, I can honestly say it never made me want to date a man or, or deal in that way at all. Matter of fact, it pushed me closer to women because at the time, you know, you young boy growing up, you're watching this stuff. Cause again, I'm from the eighties all the way to the nineties. You watching SWV new Jack swing. You watching, the guy's clothes go from baggy and the masculine man walk out the door to the more effeminate man coming in. And you don't know whether that's a man or a woman sitting up there. Everybody cheekbone thin and wearing the same damn colors and clothes. So you like, and it never really dawned on me. Okay. Yeah. Because I was abused that way. I need to deal with a dude. Mm-hmm. It, it never happened. I matter of fact, it put me closer to women. And now I, even women that's not so attractive, it taught me how to it taught me how to respect the woman. It taught me how to appreciate feminine energy. Okay. And I could say that. So no, it didn't have any effect on my sexuality. It's just that I can't get my penis up for too long without that bitch going. Mm. Okay, because the mental thing. <laughs> without it going limp. Okay. I understand that. Because in some cases for some people, you know, you hear, hey, I ended up this way because this happened to me when I was younger or 
I've always still been curious. Maybe I was the issue. Would you like to tell anybody that they weren't the problem? Like it's not their fault. Do you believe it wasn't their fault at all? I'm I'm an unpopular man on this thing right here on this topic. I know. So listen, for anybody who out there who says, okay, uh, you didn't have a choice due to any kind of molestation or sexual abuse, I'm going to say that's a farce because everything is a choice now this is how i had to rationalize it with my 19 year old son i say son there was a time because you haven't you haven't even had your nut cracked by by a woman you don't know you haven't even been abused or hurt by females how did you know you was into this lifestyle and he told me some guy named tyler elbaris and he named about three or four guys at his school special needs guys at this that approached him so i say so let me explain something to him set him down i'm okay with his sexuality Mm -hmm. i say son this comes from a sensation i say there had to be a sensation sometime along your growth son you probably saw a guy muscles ass cheek buff bruni some guy probably was really nice to you gave you a tender hug and he held on too long and it made you comfortable enough to explore that so when I look at people and I work with children and I don't mind you asking about that, I work with at-risk youth and facilities and abuse. When I talk to them, I have to break it down to them. Don't let nobody tell you that you was born to be this way because laws say man and woman, not man and man, not woman and woman. Let's, let's be realistic. This is a sensation that you capitalize on that felt good. And we're humans. We love sensation. Anything make us feel good, taste good, smell good. Damn it, we're going to keep experiencing it. So at a younger age, these children or that grow to be men and women in this light, in the alternative lifestyle, it's a sensation. And that's nothing wrong with that. Just admit to the fact that, man, I, I had a great experience at summer camp and I want to <laughs> continue it. You you follow me here? I no get harm, it. No I, get it. I get it. I but get it. But don't and and don't tell the kid before that kid can pick his own bedtime before that kid know if it like mushrooms on his burger that okay you're like this and give that kid an agenda. I don't like that. Let the kid grow up, get it, get his or her heart broken. Let them feel that sensation. Maybe they're going to experience that college. Uh, and then, okay, I don't like bumping uglies with a girl. I I want a pain, but mm. don't. Don't. okay. let me. The problem with that thing in our generation, I don't think young youngsters are identifying as this. I think other people who are in that lifestyle are identifying them Mm. and saying, hey, you can be this. You can do this. They're not saying it's okay. The okay version gone. You can be homosexual you can be lgbtq plus without giving that kid a chance to grow up and see if that's what they want hell some people like them both that's amazing i hear but i hear the same thing (laughs) that's that's i i i don't i don't want it to be too unpopular but Mm -hmm. i respect it i don't mind it my baby sister i love big bot to death and my son matthew is there but I had to break it down. These are sensations. You wasn't you wasn't born like this. I agree. I agree. I think the same thing. And I think people forcing the agenda on kids or adults, I just don't get it. Like 
that's my thing. Just let you figure out whatever you want to do is fine yeah. with me. Whatever you want to do, but don't force it upon a person. Like you look at a kid or you feel like they're a little feminine and you be like, oh, he's gay because he's a little feminine. But in all actuality, it doesn't mean that he's feminine. Just because he's not what you think a right. boy should be doesn't mean that he doesn't like women. So that's kind of like my problem. I have that issue, especially with my older child, right? I don't know. He said he got two girlfriends, whatever. He said he isn't. You get what I'm trying to say? But still at the back of my mind and how I was raised and certain things that has happened, I still got like these pre-little judgment. Like, wait a minute. You sure? You know, things like that. And he's like, you're crazy because that's not really me. But I'm glad that you were open enough to do that and say that and let everyone know how that went. So as you were saying, you was going through your journey. Those things happened to you. Your grandma shaped you. So it sounded like you dealt with uh, low self-esteem and insecurities for a very long time. When did you realize that you had low self-esteem? I realized I had low self-esteem when I got into my third relationship, my third serious relationship. the first one was very chocolatey the old girl, uh, D, melanated to hit death. And I was coming out trying to substitute her for my mom. If I make this girl happy, she'll treat me right and love me. She dogged me out, bought her a ring. She bought a Kia. And we'll leave it at that. That's how much the ring costs. <laughs> I uh, went to the second uh, girl I dated. I realized I was doing the same thing, came then being Captain save hole and that's in the literal sense. Got her car, house, make her look good like me up to this level. She dogged me out too. I come home and as you watch True Spook, you'll you understand that one. Motherfucker had a foot of 10 inches of dick up in her and... <laughs> I had to witness that. Again, I wouldn't have got mad at the motherfucking situation. I would have stood there, probably watched. It was just a simple fact. He had her in a position that she said, and that pissed me off. I'm petty. Mm-hmm. And so that let me know. And then my my last wife, I've been married twice. Um again, put her in, put her in a house, told her she didn't have to work being a traditional man. I uh, bought her a car on our wedding night because she was driving a beater and I'm old school. Uh, I'm not going to let my wife drive anything under me. That's how a man take her. And then as the thing, I'm not going to get my wife no thin ass little ring. I'm going to get her a ring. I want to be, oh, you ain't got a ring. You got a ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your nigga got something. So step off, Matt. Uh, and I realized I was catering so much. And that's when I realized like I had a problem because I never asked these women to prove themselves to me. I came out the gate proving. Mm. after that last one me living in my car for two months having to go sleep with a fat ass girl that i didn't like and trust me ain't nothing wrong with being a bbw it's just that i didn't like that style of bbw and it hurt you know i had to put myself in a situation and i could never do it again so now women have to prove prove themselves to me for my love and my devotion and respect and i'm not saying women not I'm not saying I'm all that when it comes to that relationship part, but I know what I'm going to bring to the table and I know what I'm going to give you as your man. Baby, make me believe it. Okay, so what would be some of the things that a person would have to prove? One thing, she would have to be able to have a conversation without getting in her feelings. I don't listen. I'm one of them people. I don't give a damn what we're arguing about. If we got to elevate our voice other than a five decibel, 
there's something more to that than just me and you arguing. There's hurt, pain, agony. She has to be able to control that that emotion because maybe I'm the cause of the issue and maybe I'm just fishing and I'm trying to deflect. But if you raise your voice, you helping me deflect. If I raise my voice, I'm helping you. I'm helping you deflect. But if we can have a conversation, this is the first and only thing I require. If we, you, oh, you know what, bro? I didn't like what you did. The numbers in your phone, the pictures all over you, you liking Instagram, whatever tr your trigger. We need to talk about you not doing that no more. If you have a problem, let's get some help. If you just feel like this is you, then I'm finna back out. That type of conversation right there touches me. Okay, she respects me as a man and vice versa. So I don't, I know the relationship go through up and down, but the one pet peeve exit strategy, raise your voice at me. Call me out my name. I will leave you in a heartbeat. And you think that has to do with uh, some of your trauma that you've been through? As of course. I had a mama that didn't love me. I had a mama that came home every night when she got mad and beat me. Mm. Only thing I saw was my grandma. My grandma never raised her voice to me. She raised her voice to everybody else. Even when I had did something bad, like kicked over her spit cup. She like Levi <laughs> Garrett <laughs> tobacco. You know, she like, baby, now you was running through my house. I'm really mad at you. I want you to go back outside, but go fix me another spit cup and just get out of my face right quick. You got to be punished. If I can... If she, an older woman, less patience, can talk to me like a human, ain't no way in hell somebody that I'm finna take care of, do everything I can, love, honor, and respect, can't do it. No, get out of here. That's understandable because you show them that same respect, correct? Oh, my God, yes. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like that. Because sometimes we ask of things from people that we can't give. So have you been in situations where as though you've asked, it's not your old relationships, but like friendships, let's base on that. Have you set any standards or lines for your friends? Like what they should do, what they need to bring and what you're accepting. Has that been discussed with any of your group of friends? Uh, when it comes to my female friends, uh, and I'm, 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 I'm bold and uncut, and this is what you get. <laughs> uh, when it comes to my female friends, if we're going to be friends, you got a vagina, I got a penis, we can't fuck. I Let's keep that strictly to the thing. You are not coming in my house with my lady not home. Uh, you're not going to flirt with me. I'm not going to hear your problems about how you and your man ain't screwing. That is not my business. What's my business is, bro, I ain't seen you in a while. I love you. Hope you're okay. These are the conversations. These are the grounds I set with the female friends, female partners that I'm intimate, intimate with. Well, in the past that I'm intimate with the line had to be crossed respect everything about me don't call me don't don't well don't pop up without asking don't just blow through and don't come arguing bitching at me because you done got on your feelings we talk about everything as far as when my male friends go my, none of my male friends could talk to me about their females no I don't want to know your problems you just That's don't want to know huh you just don't want to know, so they can't talk to you? No, no, no. I, they can talk to me if they need help. I'm talking about they can't talk to me about these sexual escapades. Oh, I just went and fucked Sarah. Don't talk to me about that. You got a whole lady over there. Don't do that. I don't want to know because you're making me an accomplice to your shit. And if your lady asks me, I'm going to have to show a cold face and run off. And say, well, why is why is the Baron hauling ass? Uh, maybe he got a problem. She can hate me all day. I'm not going to snitch on you. But you just killing a potential friendship. 
connection. So don't tell me about it. I want to be in the dark just like you're keeping your old lady in the dark. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to lie. I ain't got no straight. Hey, Baron, is, is Melvin fucking Sarah? Might be like this. Uh, hey, man, I'll see you later. <laughs> just keep me out. Just keep, keep it to yourself. Yeah, that right there is... Um... <laughs> I would know right then and there. Yeah. I would know right then and there. Like, you just told on them anyway. Even if you didn't try to, you just blatantly told. And so, so, don't, so, moral of the story, don't tell me if you're cheating on your people because I can't hold it. I, I won't tell. My poker face is garbage. That's a good one. So you just don't play poker, basically. Uh, 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 no, I play, I play Tunk and Spade. Poker, you gonna win. I'm gonna have to take you up on that Spade off for one day, maybe. Who knows? You know, sit you down real quick. You come up north, we let you know what's up. Wow, people don't like to say we up north. I say we up north, even though I know we not. But it's just that here in Baltimore, we'll smash you. But anyway. <laughs> You talk a lot about on your platform, you know, the bitter bitches and um, syndrome. Would you like to tell people your definition of bitter bitch syndrome? Okay, so I can't just say, I just can't talk about the bitter bitches without talking about the alpha male. So I call it alpha male and bitter bitch syndrome. Now, there's too many. And again, this can be unpopular. I hope people understand where I'm coming from with it, but I don't give a shit. Uh, so when it comes to the alpha male and the bitter bitch syndrome, this is all competition. One, women are in pain due to women are in pain due to societal issues that's coming up. And let me translate that rule it down a little bit. Women are hurt, battered, abused, picked at black women. I should say not any other race of women. They are very much OK. But our sisters have been picked at, made fun of, the butt of all jokes and comedy shows, sessions, doctors killing them left and right when they go to the hospital for a simple damn headache. Next thing you know, they got brain cancer and they did in a month because they injected them or diagnosing them with something that is not treating them for something they don't care. Now, sisters are carrying all that anger. So that makes them mad at the world. But when they get back to their own community in their own house, they see their world as that man. Then you say, well, you couldn't protect me, man. Without really looking at the simple fact that this man is over there getting punked in his ass by the master, butt breaking this, this male, your world who's supposed to protect you is getting incarcerated at high uh, amounts. On top of that, this man can't walk up the road without being shot down, let alone give you any instructions or care for you or try to protect you because you're bitter at society and you feel he's supposed to be there to protect you and he can't because his hands are tied. So you hate him. Now that makes you a bitter bitch to me because you're not looking at his side. Now let's go to these alpha males. Now this is what's killing me with us. And, and I said us, because okay. I was an alpha okay. male before I got us. my shit together. Mm -hmm. 
all these alpha males, I need my woman to bow down to me. I need her to respect me. I need her to do all this shit. You give this woman so many restrictions and so much shit to do. But are you seeing that this woman has a chip on her shoulder? Not because of you. She has a chip on her, on her shoulder because of society and the world. As an alpha man, are you trying to brush that chip off? Or are you going to get your passport and haul ass and go fuck somebody else? Are you going to do that? Or are you going to help your girl at home? So that's when I say all these alpha males, what are you really doing to our sisters, man? I'm not the simp, by the way. Y'all, man, 100% Sigma man. Ayo. <laughs> so I run it all. But that alpha male and bitter bitch syndrome, it part, it separates us so bad to where none of us want to see each other's trauma or try to heal each other's trauma. So now we putting at odds with each other and people are getting bone ass rich talking about relationship problems. Give me a fucking solution. And I'm going to say this, and you know how I feel about this. This is a passionate subject for me. Mm -hmm. Now, my thing is I was raised up and my grandma always taught me that a woman is God incarnate. No matter what you see, you're going to see a woman. She can create, she can do whatever. A woman is God, but a man is king. And my grandma respected my granddaddy and my granddaddy understood my grandma was everything and he was something. Notice what I said. She was everything and he was something. The problem when it comes down to this alpha male and bitter bitch syndrome, the men are trying to be gods and the women and, and, and the women are trying to be kings. Mm. Get the mentality and reverse that for me, please. Reverse the shit. Women, get back into your godhood. Men, get back to your kinghood because the queen is the dangerous, most dangerous person on the chessboard. Let her control everything and you just move when you have to move, man. You ain't got to be loud to be king, but you have to be loud as fuck to be God. Let the woman do that. That's why her pitches hurt our ears when she yells. <laughs> that is so true so you just tell them just to sit back like that's how we could do that how can we identify and see other people's trauma like when we're still hurting you know we're always in survival mode people are constantly battling with themselves so how do i look at my fellow man right for me being a woman i want to learn from you i want to hear from you you are that man how do i see you as the king how do i show you that i am the god like how does that happen how simple simple patented proven again one don't raise your voice at your man he should not raise his voice at his god it's just like any form of spirituality if i see you as something that can assist me help me give me energy pour into me i am going to ask you now if you want to if for I'm going to talk about the man, then I get on, get on our sisters for a man to recognize that his woman is not in her godhood. He needs to only listen to what she is. Keep repeating, not repeating to him what she is repeating on her social media, what she is repeating to her kids, what she is repeating to her friends, what she is just repeating right down in a book on a diary. I guarantee you got one of these. You got something you done wrote down on just to doodling, tootling, and you done scribbled the same circle thing like this. You done wrote the same sentence 1,700 times. If a man could just take out, take time out his day and look at it, why should she keep talking about pizza? What's up with pizza? 
And if she and if that woman is constantly repeating something, it's our responsibility as her mate, as her king to sit up there and baby, what's this? This is on your mind. And that's the dialogue. Now she's going to pour all that shit and it's going to be emotional. Shut your mouth and take it, my man. Mm. But you learn. Now, how do a woman see that man as a king? You watch him, observe him. It ain't what he writes. It ain't what he say. It's what he do. You observe him trying to do his best and you appreciate him for it. Even if he fall flat on his face, you tell him, baby, you tried. That was a good effort, but we finna try that bitch again. You rub his back. You kiss him on the forehead next time or you get down and you give him a solution how you can do it better men are actions so this is how you recognize the king and your man if he's doing something positive trying to do something to make you guys better support that even if it's falling on his face support it now you see the difference listen to her support him you got a happy damn relationship mm. but how realistic is that like it's very realistic if we can take our I I never say drop your egos because that's what make me me. I'm an arrogant old bitch. That is what it is. It's so realistic that if we just drop our disapproving ideas of each other, because when you do something I don't like, I'm disapproving and I don't know how to let it go. I don't know how to keep it in that bubble of I'm disappointed or I'm disapproving in that area what you just did. That one disapproval disappointment trickles out through the whole relationship good bad and in the future if we just drop our disapproval of each other's action way we talk think do things and really focus on fixing that and moving forward you just solved every relationship problem on the books mm. and you know one of the things that i like that you always touch on and that you speak to all of us about and make us really think it's the moment of reflection, right? Whenever you speak, you tell us, think for a second. Think about it. Really, no, don't answer me now. Think about it. Take a reflection and say, how many times have you done this? So for everyone listening, everyone watching, think about that. Think about how you can take away that disapproval moment, what you feel of that person is, man or female, and just start appreciating what that man has and start listening to that woman. So there is a message in every interview that I do in every topic that I talk about. And if this wasn't one of the most powerful messages that I have heard him say in a long time that sticks with me is actually helped me inspire for me to do an episode that you guys have already heard by now. If you haven't, make sure you check it out. It's my apologies to a black man because not only me working on myself, and doing what I've done, but it's also hearing other men. And that made me and you had that topic, and we've talked about this plenty of times on your platform, and we've heard you even in our prayers, that made me understand that, yes, I was a part of that problem. I was one of those bitter bitches. Like, <laughs> I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, bitter is all hell. And angry. Angry at the world and upset because you don't hear me. Like, that's always the one thing. Like, are you listening? Us women say to men, are you listening? Are you listening? And they'd be like, I am listening. You're sitting here talking to me, but you're not comprehending. You don't hear me. You're not understanding. So technically, yes, you hear because there's a sound coming in your direction, but you didn't hear me. And for me, I watched you. I exerted you, but I didn't appreciate you. 
I could always watch you and see all the things that just did not sit right or I didn't agree with. You did this and you did that and da 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 da. I was quick to jump to those things, but never was like, well, I saw why you reacted this way, or I see that you just accomplished this goal that helped you be a better person. Not me be a better person, but you be a better person. So now moving forward, ladies and gentlemen, for myself and for all of you guys, I think that you should not think I know. Let me correct myself. I know that you should really appreciate every little thing that a person is doing to make their self better and when they make themselves better then they will make you better like both of y'all will have a better outcome and I say that all the time even moving forward in relationship status or friendship status or anybody I come in contact with I will quickly give you your flowers I will quickly shine man's shoes immediately now now and some of my friends or people that's getting to know me or they seeing a different change in me they so used to the aggressive legend right so they say I ain't use this soft legend. Like I get like little texts like this. Is this the legend legend or the other legend legend? This the soft legend. And I'm like, this is all me, you know, but now I'm just finally stepping into that feminine energy and being comfortable. So men make us women. That's the only thing I can ask for. Make me feel comfortable enough where I can drop that shield, where I can step into that feminine energy. Cause that's all I really want to do. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> Like, that's all a woman wants is to really drop into that feminine energy. And I just thank you once again for even just tapping into that, explaining that, and letting another man say that. You drop that message. You drop the message as far as, like, self-esteem goals and how to start loving on their self. So what are some things that you're doing currently now for self? Because men really don't take care of their self. As long as they get a good job or they make money or whatever the case may be, they think they accomplished something or make them feel better. But things outside of your work, outside of your businesses, because you got to going on I, I'll tell you that you you are a very inspiration and I'm not just saying it because you my man's a teacher no y'all I'm not being biased he really does check his credentials I'll have everything listed in the bio but what are you doing that's making you happy like really what's making you happy you know when I check in with you the first thing I say is how's your mental I'm always concerned about that so share with everyone and other men that you will inspire from them hearing you talk today what are you doing uh <laughs> So one of one of the main things that I'm doing to help my mental to, to keep me at top peak performance in my manhood uh, is the simple fact that I'm learning to to have boundaries. I'm learning to give boundaries uh, to my girlfriend. She got boundaries. This is something I never did. She could call me 10 times a day. I'm working. I pause my work to conversate with her about some some youtube inspiration then after she's gotten that off her chest i'm back to doing me now i'm playing catch up now i'm frustrated now i got another call so now i'm like i'll put it off to tomorrow now it's not finished or good as it could be so i had to learn boundaries second i learned not to give a fuck mm. and when i say not to give a fuck i mean in every literal sense of the word if you hate me god damn it go ahead hate me if you don't like me, by all means, baby, that's your prerogative. I learned not to give a fuck. And for so long, I gave a damn about everybody and everything. And you heard the story. Oh, if I had $5 and somebody needed four, I'd give it to them and keep the dollar by a cheeseburger. I, I don't give a fuck no more. I'm not giving you my money. I'm not going to conversate with you when it's not in business hours. I'm waking up 2.30 in the morning, taking calls with somebody stressed out because they got a pain point. You know, I don't give a shit. If, 
if you can't, that shit can't wait to seven o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock the next day during business hours, I will pray for you. Mm. I learned not to give a fuck. And when I say, and let me clarify, not giving a fuck, caring more for somebody else's mental versus mine was a downfall. Men, we go through that. I know you don't want to admit it. You don't want to admit that you care more for your lady than you do yourself. How selfish of you to sit up there and care more about her and not care about you. I bet you're embarrassed. That's not being selfish. That's being considerate, thankful. No, that's being selfish because the only thing you're doing, you're waiting to get what you can from her to satisfy you. And men, you have to put yourself first up here, and then you make sure you adorn that woman with whatever idea come to your head. This is how I learned to take care of me. Am I going to do my lady right? Am I going to buy her what the fuck you need? Am I going to do this? Yes. Am I going to let her talk to me any kind of way? Am I going to let her stress me? Hell no. And if that's her thing, bye-bye. That's the, that's the second thing. Third thing, what I do for my mental health, I do something I always wanted to do in life. I don't give a damn if it's binge watch a TV show. I work so much, I don't get to watch TV. I may on a weekend for four or five hours, watch five episodes or something. I'll wait. I'll say, oh, I got to get back to work. But damn it, I have to say, you enjoyed yourself. You're a human. Live, my man. So do something for you. That's that's what I, that's the third thing. And the number one thing, the fourth thing, for my own mental, I push every everything I've done in life, I demand receipts. Mm. Fellas, let me tell you this. Never be humble. For you, for a man to be humble is for you to be dead in my book. Mm. Demand receipts. If you paid somebody damn rent, go and see that you did that that, that it was paid. Ask for the receipt. If you help somebody out the ditch, tell them to tell you. You did this for me. If you saved somebody's life. At the cost of your arm, let them know, bitch, man, I ain't got no arm. So give me a hug every time you see me. The man receipts. It makes you feel good, man. It makes you feel like you did something. That's it. Those four things will keep a man, will keep you on the road, brothers. And it's damn sure keeping me on the road because I don't want to kill myself several times. Uh, matter of fact, I'll share a quick one. I'm transparent as hell, as you can know. I, uh, I got a, six kids. Six kids, raised four of them by myself. Um, I was arrested for something I didn't do. And I went to live with one of my kids' mothers on house arrest for six months at her house. Uh, they was Caucasian people. I'm going to be tactful with my words because I dislike all of them. Uh, while I was in that state of depression, every night they would bring me two oxycodones or two somas and a shot of liquor and a can of beer. This was the only way I can go to sleep. Every night for six months, for the first two months they did this, they was trying to get me hooked on drugs, making me a dependent. And I mm. saw it coming. And I prayed to God, to, you know, any God, because I wasn't real that, I wasn't that heavy in the spiritual, I knew it. And I like Buddha, Allah, Saint, whoever, deliver me from this. And they did. My mental was so fucked up, right? And I lost 
track of thought to the point I had went to my mom's house when it got got my 357 and I planned to murder everybody in that house that night. This is because I love people more than I love myself. Instead of me just walking out and going, sitting in jail for the next four months and being at peace, I was going to kill everybody and go to prison for life. This is what I'm saying, people. This will not loving yourself will tear you down. Mm. That was a hard, that was a hard memory. <laughs> I can see, I can see. And anytime anyone talks about suicide or wanting to go hurt another person, which I definitely talked about, as well in my book, A Title of Suicide. Thank you so much for being open and transparent and sharing that because a lot of people don't. Like, you'd be surprised how many people have contemplated or even tried to commit suicide and it's been frowned upon not even just to explain it or even talk about it. I wrote about it. Like, I tried three times in my whole entire life and I will be 35. So, it you never know. And it can start as young as a kid. But the fact that your mental health was more important, and I just want people just to keep saying it, especially for black men. Oh, my God, for black men, for black men, for black men. I want y'all to talk. I want y'all to get help. I need, not want, I need you, black men, to get help. I need you to talk about what you're going through. I need you to find peace. I need you to be happy mentally because I know if you are happy mentally, you will be happily emotionally. You'll be happy physically. I know if you get help and find peace, we will have peace. You will bring me peace. You will bring me happiness. You will bring me stability. You cannot do anything for your God, for your queen, if you are not together because that's going to be chaos versus chaos. And then you're not even going to be able to identify when she is chaotic because you're going to think that is normal and it is not normal for anyone to make you feel less than it is not normal to put your hands on each other it is not normal to be screaming and arguing at each other even though we make it seem that it is it is not normal we can agree to disagree that is just life but if you paint a picture and you teach me because most women we want to be taught we want to be led I don't care what anybody say this is probably unpopular for other women who have not woken up yet and figured this out but I have Figure this out. We want to be taught. We seek that guidance. We seek a leader. I'm going to show you how to move through it once you figured it out. Once you got the idea and you bring it back to me and we listen, then I'm going to help it grow. That's what I'm going to do. You plant the seed into my fertilizer and it's going to grow. But the only way that's going to happen is if you get help. Us ladies, too, we have to get the help. We have to get the help. But it's more of us women doing therapy. It's more of us women talking about it. All we do is talk about our damn feelings. Hello, I started a whole platform to talk about my damn feelings, right? You know, and you're going to hear where that's coming from. But men don't do that. Men just do not. You be like, oh, it happened. It is what it is. And keep it pushing, especially a black man. Because of so many stereotypes that's put upon y'all. So I'm here to say, F those stereotypes. I don't want that stereotype guy. If you're not in touch with your feelings and you can't be as hard up as I may seem, um, if you can't be in touch with your feelings or you can't emotionally express yourself to me and I don't know that you're getting help to help yourself, not looking for me to help you. So that's another thing. I can be there, but you have to be helping yourself. 
because ultimately only you can find that solution. And I'm just so grateful that you decided to even speak about it. I'm just so grateful that you are here sharing your story. And I just want to touch on one more thing before we get about here and leave and in this beautiful, beautiful time. As far as the kids that you are helping, what are some of the messages that you help the at-risk youth? Because I'm in community service as well, and I just I love when I hear other people in community service. What are some of the things, the key fundamentals that you teach these kids that other people that's in this business could tell other children? The first thing I would say uh, when it comes to this, because this is my passion. The barren is the barren is what happened to me, and the barren is my spirituality. But my passion is at-risk youth. I've been doing it since 2014, probably longer when I was in the church, but real deal, Holyfield uh, shit. I think everybody out there working with the kids, kids of today, you have to tell the kids, you have to get them to understand what being selfish is about. Mm -hmm. You have to tell them it's selfish. When I go into the classroom and I'm around all these kids before I show them a slide, before I open my mouth, before I show them how to stand, because before I show them how to talk, well, let me, I teach, I teach kids and their parents to be motivational speakers uh, or life skills facilitators, whichever one they aspire to gravitate. This is from dressing to how to speak, uh, movement, body language, eye contact. I teach them all of that stuff, hand gestures. When I teach them that, before I even get into that scenario with them, anything, I tell them three things. I say, and these three things need to be your key driving goal. Nobody should know you without knowing these three things about you. And it's very simple. I say, first thing they need to know about you. I say, tell them you're petty. I say, second thing they need to know about you. Tell them you're petty. I say, third thing they need to know about you. Tell them how selfish you are. I'm selfish. So I walk in there. I say, my name is Mr. So-and-so. First thing I want you to know about me, that I'm petty. I say, second thing I need you to know about me is that I'm petty. I say, third thing you need to know about me is I'm selfish. And I segue it into you, and I tell them, and this is, and I get overwhelming achievement. It don't work for some. The principal was there and he like, could I talk to you? I say, after class, I say, I'm petty, don't interrupt me. And he sat there till for three hours. <laughs> I'm petty. So I say, and I tell the kids, and this is what you guys can do too. Use it. I say, I'm not here because I care for you fuckers. I'm not here because I care about what you do or how you grow in life. I'm not going to lie to you. I say, I'm here because I get a paycheck. Second, I'm here because I got a daughter and six and five other boys that I don't want none of you guys to kill. I say, I don't, I say, I'm here because I don't want to turn on the news and see you with your head bust open all day long. I say, because it will make me feel bad. I say, and I'm so petty and I'm so selfish. I don't want to feel that way. So I say, I ask myself, what the fuck could I do so I don't have to turn on the news and see another dead kid? I say, I can come in here and teach you guys how to be productive citizens and how to get money so you don't have to do that. I say, I'm petty. I'm petty and I'm selfish. So I don't have to look at your brains all over my TV or you breaking in my house or you raping my daughter. I say, I'm going to teach you how to be a good human. Mm. I say, and that's it. The classroom is quiet for 30 minutes. Well, at least five. And they like, I don't understand because they can't rationalize. And then to have them repeat everything I said back to me verbatim, probably the third, fourth week lets me know they understand. 
this is how the mentors are losing our kids because they're trying to put Jesus in them. They're trying to tell them they're a good person. No, kid, you're not a good person. You're a piece of shit. You're in this jailhouse. You're going through some shit. You're in pain. You're not. God ain't got this. You need to get your shit together. You are you are a king. If the women, you are a God. Pull yourself up and be selfish and petty. These two things are going to get you millionaires. It ain't a loving millionaire on this planet. <laughs> Everybody with money, they're selfish and they're petty. And that's that. That's a fact. I, I love that message and the way you're going about it because a lot of people don't go about it that way. And I totally agree with you. So everyone who's listening to this, who's watching this, you're in this business and you're helping you say that. Go on there and say, I'm petty, you petty, and I'm selfish. Like, do that. I'm just like, I'm smiling. My cheeks hurt because I just love when you articulate. I love when you tell the message and you a real nigga. You come from a life that people will think because you have all these businesses or because you are a spiritual teacher and things like that. You don't understand the community. You don't understand what struggle is. You don't understand where hurt is. And it's not what you see in front of me today is where I came from. And if you can understand where I came from and to see how I can conduct myself like this today, then you can do it too or even better. Like that's the thing. So I just want to say thank you because I know I held your time up. I appreciate you, and I want you to come back because I got like a heavier topic I want you to get into. Like next time we going straight in on some stuff, but I wanted to just pop your cherry, make you feel comfortable, see how you are, and just let you know to be on this journey with your sis. You hear me? So thank everyone. Thank you. I appreciate you. And this has been another episode of the Journey of a Soul Sister. Ha <laughs>